0: Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland. And I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area To join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus, our Savior, walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel, Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed.
1: And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And so Moses tells the people again. But they wouldn't listen to him because of their oppression, because of their heavier burdens, right? What's tragic here is they forgot about their first response to Moses and Aaron back in chapter 4. If you remember chapter 4, where when he says, God's going to take you out of here, it says they bowed their heads and they worshiped. Oh, yes, yes. And they worship God. But now they're like, no, they're not listening. How quick we are to turn, you know? How quick we are to forget the promises of God and the victory that he offers us. But again, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, tell him to let the people go. Tell him, I said, let them go. But Moses hesitated because of how the people were. He said, I speak with uncircumcised lips, meaning unclean, incapable speech. basically saying, God, I can't talk. That's why they don't listen to me, because I don't know how to talk. Moses is starting to get down on himself for the very same thing that he told God that would disqualify him from being Israel's leader. I can't talk at the burning bush. Moses, lead your people. I I can't talk. Why me? Moses wondered, how could he persuade Pharaoh if his own people weren't going to listen to him? Now, it's kind of like Moses saying, God, now look, I told you at the burning bush that I can't talk. Now, look, nobody's listening to me, not even Pharaoh, not even the people of Israel. Now, the last time Moses went into that, that kind of reasoning for his doubting, God brought up Aaron. Remember? And so, again, God brings up Aaron to encourage Moses in his time of weakness. In verse 13, the Lord spoke to Aaron And Moses giving a command for Israel and Pharaoh to bring Israel out of Egypt. He must have thought that his lack of success with the people was caused by his speaking ability. I I can't talk. That's why it's not happening. And so this objection was answered by the Lord's command, this time to both Moses and Aaron to lead the people out of Egypt. Exodus 6 and 14. These are the, okay, God help me on this one. Shoo, doggy. These are the heads of their father's houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, where Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. And the sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jashan, Zohar, and Shal, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the families. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations: Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And the years of the life of Levi were 137. The sons of Gershon were Libni and Shimi, according to their families. And the sons of Kohath were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uzziel. And the years of the life of Kohath were 133. The sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi. These are the families of Levi according to their generations. Now Amram took for himself Joshebed, his father's sister, his wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 137. The sons of Izhar were Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri, And the sons of Uziel were Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri. Aaron took to himself Elisheba, daughter of Aminadab, sister of Nashon, Nashon, his wife, and she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And the sons of Korah were Asir, Elkanah, and Abiaseph. These are the families of the Korahites. Eleazar, Aaron's son, took for himself one of the daughters of Putiel as wife, and she bore him Phinehas, These are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites, according to their families. These are the same Aaron and Moses, to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their armies. These are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the same Moses and Aaron. Oh, thank God for that. Whew, that was tough. You know, when we have a Bible... (laughs) When we have Bible study, and I say, all right, somebody read the next set, and it's a bunch of names, and then they get to read, and they're like, you can see the look on their face. Why did I jump in? <laughs> One thing about Calvary Chapel, we don't skip anything. We have to hit every verse, and sometimes I look and I go, oh my gosh. So anyway, who Nelly? This passage is kind of confusing, yeah, I know, because it seems to be an unnatural addition to the story. We have the story going on, go tell my people, and all of a sudden you get all these names hit, right? But the genealogy was placed here to identify Moses' And Aaron, they needed precise identification of who they were as representatives before Egypt. Now, in verses 26 through 27, which close this passage up here, it ties this section to verse 13, where Moses and Aaron were told by God to bring Israel out. And so, 26 and 27 was to explain why the genealogy was given, since it says, these are the same Moses and Aaron, and these are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Uh, Another importance of this genealogy is to show that Moses and Aaron were established as being in the tribe of Levi. Big deal. The tribe of Levi. We see that Aaron's family is traced to his generations and his grandson, but Moses' marriage is not mentioned. Y'all remember Moses getting married in in the past ones. He's not mentioned probably because his wife, Zipporah, was not a Hebrew. But anyway, 26 through 27, they highlight the purpose of the genealogy. To focus on Moses and Aaron's Levite lineage and their authority to lead Israel out from Pharaoh's grip. It's always important to record genealogies and and leadership roles to prove a historical authentication. It has to be authentic, proven. You've probably seen a genealogy listed for Jesus Christ before in the Bible. That was to prove that his lineage was the king and Messiah. It It was the way of Jewish thinking. It's like, these guys called us out. All right, who is this Moses and Aaron? Well, look at this lineage. Wow, okay, that, well, that's good, right? It's like credentials to them. So that's why it was thrown in there. Exodus 6 and 28. And it came to pass on the day the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, how shall Pharaoh heed me? You know, when God confronted Moses this time, we again see a similar result in Moses doubting his own ability. You ever doubted your own ability? Oh, my gosh, if I told you all the times I doubted my ability, as recently as probably today. (laughs) But God deals with me, and I know he, he deals with you. And so did Moses. He was no different. But God said, I am the Lord. Sometimes God does that to me. Well, God, I've got all these dozen reasons why I should not be At the pulpit. And you know what he does? He looks at me and he goes, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. Since when did you think it rode on you? I'm the Lord. This is my show, God says, basically. You know, I had my doubts when God called me to ministry. But a couple years ago, I went to this pastor's conference. We're going to another one here pretty soon this month. I went to a pastor's conference, and I got to hear from many different pastors about their own struggles. All the Calvary pastors in Texas and Oklahoma and all over, they all had two minutes at the pulpit to get up and say how their congregation was doing and what they needed prayer for. And they all said the same basic thing. They all said, pray for me. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I walked out of the one, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's not just me. I was thinking, man, these guys have been pastors a long time. They know what they're doing. They've got it all figured out, right? No, never. Whose show is this? Whose, whose ministry is this? This ain't Ray and Ministries. This is God's. I am the Lord. So when I start doubting myself, Moses started doubting himself. He goes, hey, Moses, I'm the Lord. Not you. You never have been. You never will. I'm the Lord, Right. Some people once asked Chuck Swindoll, y'all may know Chuck Swindoll, big ministry. They asked him one time if he felt the pressure that it takes to run that big ministry. He said he used to feel the pressure until he recognized it wasn't him that ran it. Moses was not running this whole thing here in Exodus. That's why God told him up front, I am the Lord. I'm the boss. I have the authority. I have the power. You aren't the boss. You ain't God. You do not command your own destiny. That's what I want to say. We, you know, we kind of get in this thing, the world teaches us, you know, get out there and do it. You know, what was it, back to the future, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. You know, we get all like this, in pride. And what does God do? He opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. You don't control and command your own stuff. God does. That's what confessing Jesus as Lord is all about. It's the acknowledgement that he's the boss and you're not. The Bible says you cannot be saved until you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he runs things, not you. With God being Lord, all we have to do is obey him. He will make things happen. Now, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how you're saved, that he's the Lord. I may have told you all before, I had a friend uh, when I was in high school, That was in the 80s, and there were some funky fads going around back then. I mean, spiked hair colored. I know it's still around now, but, I mean, it was on in the 80s, okay? And just the things that people wore. And one day, my friend comes to school. He had colored hair. He had some stuff going. I mean, he had all this color. He looked like a a box of fluorescent crayons exploded all over him. It was something. And I said, dude, you know, I didn't judge him. It was just like, whoa, I didn't remember you like this last year, (laughs) And I said, what, 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 do you, what is this? He goes, making a statement. Making a statement. It's my statement. I'm trying to say something, man. And I said, well, what's your statement? Why don't you just say it? And he goes, no, you got to watch me to see my statement. Got to watch me. And I thought, wow, how neat. There's a lot of people that say Jesus is Lord, but that's not confessing it. That's not stating it stating it you want to see jesus lord in my life you got to watch me man you got to watch jesus in my life you'll see it i can tell you jesus lord all day and i can fake you out and not mean it you watch what happens in my life you see how i start to look you'll see that's the statement i'm making the only way you're going to make that statement work is if you turn it over to him and let him start doing things in your life then people will see it that's confessing jesus is lord that is confessing Jesus is Lord. It's not just going, Jesus is Lord, I'm saved. That, that's, that's lip service. Jesus said one time of some men, these men honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You want to uh, declare Jesus Lord? Put it in the statement of your life. How cool is that? With God being the Lord, the boss, then all I have to do is obey him. All I have to do is obey him. He will make everything happen. Those big problems you have in your life, God will make them happen if Jesus becomes really your Lord. Now Moses had to learn this, and so do we. Jesus is Lord and we're not. That takes a big load off if you ask me. Jesus is Lord and I'm not. I'm so glad that he offers to do this stuff for me. Because if I had to live with thinking it all depended on me, Like the way I blew my life before, that would just destroy me. Jesus, Lord, we're not. That means God does all the heavy lifting. I know you've got things going on in your life. I've had things going on in my life. I know you're still dealing with big things in your life. Let God pick it up. It's too heavy for you. You've just burned out your muscles and broken your arms trying to pick it up yourself, and you can't. Let go of it. Let God and say, God, you're the boss now. Let him pick it up. We just do what he tells me to. Right? I'll pick it up. I'll do it. Just do the things I tell you to do. And so when he called me out to ministry, I felt a lot like Moses. Well, I can't talk. Those of you that know me, you know I'm still scared to death of public speaking. I still battle it before I come up here. You see me pacing around back there because I'm scared. Ain't time to be scared. Well, Ray, you look pretty good doing it now. Well, yeah, there's no time for the scared right now. Now I've got to deliver a message. You know what? You've got things in your life that you've got to do, and you're scared of it, and you won't deal with it because you have not made Jesus full Lord of your life, not let him be completely Lord of your life, and before you can get over that big hurdle, you have to let it go and say, there's no time to be scared anymore. Jesus, you're the Lord. You take care of it. Just what do you want me to do? Ray, I want you to get into ministry. Well, I'm scared to talk, but okay, and here I am. Do the same thing in your life. Whatever it is, God will do the heavy lifting. Just do what he says. It leaves little room for doubt when all we have to do is obey. Little room for doubt. All that stuff you're doubting right now. Your situation, I'm going to take this whole Moses thing and we're going to put it on ourselves. Think about that big thing you're contending with, whatever it is. Some of you I know, some of you I don't know. Give it to God. Tonight, give it to God. It's time to let go of it. You've tried to do it yourself too long, and it hadn't worked. It's time to let go. And what you never could do, he will do, if you'll let him have it. I pray that you do that. I'm trying to encourage you. There are things in your life that can be dealt with if you'll let the Lord have it. I'm trying to encourage you that life can be filled with joy in God. I'm also trying to tell you who the real Lord is, because there's a fake one out there that the world is believing in, that cannot completely heal, that cannot completely deliver. He cannot completely provide. And maybe you've been following that God and you're wondering, why can't God do these things? Because you're not following the true Lord. And so as we get ready to have communion tonight, we're going to remember the Lord who died for our sins, that made the way for us to be saved, something that you could not do by yourself, something that you could not ever do, because you can't afford it. You know, to realize that what Jesus paid for in one day on the cross would have taken you and I in eternity to pay for ourselves. There's no way you could have ever paid your own salvation. And so he has asked us to do this communion, to remember him. And I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that we serve a God that has provided everything. In this communion, we're going to take this uh, cracker and this uh, grape juice that's symbolic of his blood and his body. Something that he provided that I could not. And the reason he did it is because he loves you and he cares about you. There was a real paradox in the fact that we failed, we messed up, we sinned. And therefore, by God's justice, we had to be condemned. When somebody commits a crime, he has to be punished. But God does not want you to be punished for all eternity and even though we deserve it what he did was he sent his own son jesus christ which was god in in flesh to die on the cross in your place to take the wrath you were supposed to take to take the punishment that you were supposed to get that i was supposed to get so that we can be free coming to belief in jesus declaring him as lord means that you're forgiven You repent of your sins and leave that old life behind. You come to Jesus Christ, then all of the penalty that sat on you, all the things that you deserve for the sins that you've committed, leaves. And it goes 2,000 years ago to the cross like a time warp. And it lands on Jesus Christ. That's why the crucifixion was so bad. That's why it was so hideous and so terrible. Because it was the sin of the whole world, mine and yours. That went to him so that we could be saved. In Luke 22 says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine. Until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're doing this to remember what the Lord Jesus did for us. Likewise. He also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Father God we thank you so much for what you've done for us. Lord God, if there is one person, if there is even one person in here tonight who just realized I have been doing things my way and I haven't trusted in you to bring me out of my oppression, just like you did for the Israelites. Lord, if they just realized I need Jesus Christ to fix my life, show them grace, Father. Draw them to your Son. Lord, in the gospel, I just want to state it just so I can say I said it again. Lord, if there's just even one person here tonight, they're just now getting this. Lord God, we all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of you and we'll never amount up. We'll never be worthy. But you saved us because you loved us. You saved a bunch of sinful people that ran the wrong way. We spit in your face. We slapped you. We insult you. And for some reason, you still love us enough to have died for us so that we don't have to be condemned. Lord, I cannot imagine the love you have. Lord, I pray for anyone who has just now discovered this. Show them that Jesus is the way of salvation and that they repent of their old life. They give up doing things their own way and they hand it over to you because you are capable. You said, I will save you. And so, Lord, I just want to make sure everybody understands we are all condemned without you. Bring your people to salvation bring your people to repentance to let go of the old life and let it go to jesus christ have them now confess not just by merely stating it but you know what now i am no longer the boss of my own life i now stop doing things my way lord jesus take over lord jesus do the things i never could do lord fix the problems in my life lord show me righteousness and show me how to turn from doing the wrong way give me guidance and give me strength and lord open the doors I just want to be willing to obey whatever you tell me to do. Lord, I pray tonight is a new night for someone here that has given their life to Jesus Christ. Lord, I can't talk. Lord, I'm not eloquent. I'm not not the fanciest pastor they've ever heard. I'm not the slickest with words, but Lord, I know enough to tell them that Jesus Christ made the way and that they need to be saved, that that false Jesus out there is not going to help them. Save your people tonight, Lord God bring your people lord we have taken communion to remember you to thank you for what you've done for us and that what we could not do for ourselves you paid our way and now lord i don't have to be eternally condemned in a literal place called hell as scary as it is and the world don't like to hear that word lord god they don't like anybody to talk about hell but it's there and lord for someone to not believe that it's there they're deceived they have to know what happens to those who will not accept your way And Lord, this isn't just about dodging hell. It's about gaining Jesus. It's about living in righteousness and having fun with life. Real joy. I ask you, Lord God, you've changed somebody's life tonight. Thank you again. I can't thank you enough, Lord. I thank you a dozen times tonight. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for us. You saved us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. And for whoever you may have saved tonight, Lord God, I pray for that person in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener supported and depends on tax deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Harreland, Texas 77588. Again, by the web watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box, 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.
2: This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit, to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.